let us move forward as we go forward in our service. Uh, we'll be looking at Judges. Um, we'll be looking at Judges chapter uh, 25, the book of Judges chapter 25, the book of Judges um, chapter 25. We'll be looking at Judges, the book of Judges. Come right after Joshua. I mean, 21, we'll be looking at uh, chapter 21, verse 25. Judges chapter 21, verse 25. Judges chapter 21, verse 25. Judges chapter 21, verse 25. Let us pray. Father God, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being God. Lord God, we thank you that we are invited to your table to feast at your word. Lord God, use me today as I um, stand before your people to preach your word, that we may grow in who we are as believers. Lord God, thank you for your word. Thank you for opening my eyes up to your word, that we may hear your word, Lord God, receive it, believe it, and apply it, that our life may look different. Thank you for the opportunity. And we bless you and we love you, Lord God, because you are great and you are awesome. Lord God, let your power reign and rule in this place. That the power which I speak from may be felt through all these uh, cameras and through Instagram and Facebook and, and, uh, and YouTube and, and through the Internet. Wherever this sermon reached, Lord God, let the power of your word speak volumes. That people's lives may be impacted and changed. Because what we say can't change anybody. But what your words say can change everybody. So we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We at, we at Judges chapter 21. Judges chapter 21. And I must say that we are going to flip a lot. So please get your Bibles with you. Um, you know, I don't like to flip. But this one of those sermons that we're going to look at a lot of different scripture. Um, get your pen and your pad with you so we can grow together as God lead us. So we in Judges chapter 21, Judges chapter 21, and we at verse 25. Judges chapter 21, we at verse 25. It says, in those days there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Let me read that again. Judges chapter 21, verse 25, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. On this morning, I would like to speak to you from the topic, a good leader. A good leader or a godly leader, whatever one you want to use, a good leader or a godly leader. It is evident that the leadership is lacking in the United States. We are struggling as a country as, it, as we look at our leaders here in the United States. But not only in the United States, I, I see it all over the world that, that leadership is suffering, that our, our leaders are suffering, not only our leaders in the, in the highest position of the, 
on earth as our president, but also the leaders in the highest position in the church, which are pastors. We, 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 we are struggling during this time of pandemic. And one thing I have learned about leadership is that uh, good times can cover up bad leaders. Good, good times can, uh, uh, can cover up bad leaders. When things are going well, bad leadership can be covered up. When, 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 things are going, when things are going good, bad leadership can be covered up. When, when everybody is re receiving a check on time, bad leadership can be, be covered up. When, when, when everybody is, is, is buying new homes and, and buying new cars, uh, bad leadership can be, be covered up. When, when, when the grades are good in, in, in your home, bad leadership can be covered up. When, when a marriage is going well, bad leadership Ship can be covered up when schools are, are, are getting the, the numbers that they need. Bad leadership can be covered up. But what I have learned that in the midst of trouble, it, it, it shows that, that the bad leadership in the, in the midst of trouble, trouble exposed bad leadership. And what we have right now is bad leadership everywhere. We, we have bad leadership in, in the president, we, uh, uh, in the president and the White House. We have bad leadership in the churches. We have bad leaderships in your homes. We have bad leadership in the communities. We have bad leadership in the schools. We have bad leaderships on your job. We have bad leaderships in your college. We have bad leaderships all over. And we, we, we are suffering because of the lack of leadership. And the scripture shows that in, in Judges chapter 21, it says that in those days there, there was no king and people did what was right in their own eyes. We, we, we have a problem. If you, if you look at our world today, we got people doing whatever they want to do, whatever they think is right because of the lack of leadership. We have children that are making decisions that they shouldn't be making because of lack of leadership. We have communities making decisions that, that are not right because of the lack of leadership. We have governors that's making decisions that are not right because of lack of leadership. We have a president that's making decisions that is not right because of lack of leadership. And we are suffering here in the United States and in our community, in our homes, in our cities, in our state, because we don't have leadership. And today, as we look at this, we look at the a good leader, principles of, of good leaders or principles of a godly leader. I want to challenge us. I want, I want, to, I want to challenge us to look at, the, at our leadership because if we look at the word leadership and, and define leadership, it says the action of leading a group of, of people or an organization or the state of position of being a leader. Lachelle, Lacey, Danita, all of us are leaders in some form. Bonnie, all of us are leaders. The Briggs, all of us are leaders. You may be a leader in your home as a, as a mom or, or a dad or a husband and a wife. You may be a leader in your, your community as a coach, as a, a neighborhood watch, Charlene, a, a neighborhood watch, Miss Murray or, or Barbara. You may, be, you may be a leader at your job. You may be the boss of your job, Sean. You may be, you may be the, uh, a leader at your job. You may, you may be a leader on your school team, your, your basketball team or lacrosse team or, or football team or, 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 or baseball team or, or cheerleader team. You may be a leader uh, in your college. You may be a leader in your college. You may be a leader amongst your peers. 
You may be a leader, Sister Polk. You may be a leader, Miss Mer uh, um, Mer um, Mercer, Mercer. You may be a leader wherever you are, but all of us are called to lead. And, and what I found out is that we are lacking in leadership. We, we are lacking Jennifer in leadership. We are lacking Pandora in leadership. And here today, I just want to give you some principles. Some principles of a, of a godly leader. Some principles that we can apply to our life. I told you get your pad and pen because we're going we're gonna to do some writing. We're going we're gonna to do some writing. We're going we're gonna to look at different scripture to, to help bring this sermon to task because we have to get our leadership in order. We, we, we have to get our leadership in order. Our children are, are suffering because they don't have leaders. Our communities are suffering because there are no leaders, Vicki. There are no leaders, Kim. We, we need to get our leadership in order, and we are suffering, even the church. And here in this text, as we look at the principles of a good leader or the principles of a godly leader, first thing we see First thing we see is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. It says, uh, the first thing is, is uh, a principle I want to look at is a godly leader or a good leader is governed by God. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, we're in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I mean chapter 11, verse 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 11, verse 3 says a good leader is governed by God. Look at this. It says that I want you to know that the head of every man is, is Christ. And the head of, of every woman is man. And the head of, of Christ is God. He, he, here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where we see Paul lays out God's divine order of governing. He, he lays out the divine order of governing. And as I was looking at this text, I, I, I always read this text wrong because it says the head of every man is Christ. Yes, that's easy to know. And this is not man as in male figure. This is not a, a, a man like me. This is mankind. This is male and female. He said the head of female and male is Christ. He says here's God divine order that Christ is the head of every male and every female. But watch this. He didn't say just some males and some females. He didn't say unbelievers or believers. He said every one of us, Christ is the head of us. He said Christ is, the, Christ is the head of you, whether you're a believer or not. Christ is the head of me, whether we're a believer or not. And then he says uh, above woman is his man. So here, this word man, when he talk about woman, he's not talking about that man is the head of every woman. He says the husband is the head of his wife. And then he says the head of, of Christ is God. He lays out this divine order that man should be governed by. And he said as men, as good, godly leaders, as you, if you're a leader in your home, a leader in your community, or wherever you're a leader amongst your peers, look what he says. He says whoever a leader, watch this, he says whoever is a leader, you should be governed by God. He says that we, we, we as leaders is, is should be governed by God. Good leaders are, are governed by God. And a problem we have is we have people who are in leadership positions that don't want to be governed. We have people who are in leadership positions don't want to have no one ruling and reigning over them. But he says that if we are in Christ or, or not in Christ, we have a governing party as in Jesus Christ over us. He said that we are governed by God. We are governed by God. He says that we, we, we are governed by God. Why are we governed by God? He says because, because, because Christ 
is the head of man. It's, it's, it's a shame how we sit in this leadership position, Tawana. It's a shame, Iris, how we sit in leadership positions and we don't have nobody over us. Now, spiritually, we, we should be governed by Christ. Spiritually, Christ should be the head of our life, the, the dominant figure of our life. We should be governed by him. So guess what? When we govern by him, his standards become our standards. But today, we got so many leaders that are not governed by anyone. We got so many leaders that, that want to do what they, what they want to do and not be held accountable to anybody. And he says that we should be governed by Christ as a good leader. We should be governed by God said that we're, we're, we're governed by Christ. Now, I know this is spiritual. Spiritually, yes, we should have Christ govern over us. But earthly-wise, in, 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 in our physical being, we need to have other people govern us. We need to have leaders govern us. We need to have people over us to hold us accountable. There's too many leaders that are, that are, stand, that are doing what they want to do and not held accountable by anyone. And we see it not only right now with Donald Trump, but we see it in the church as well. Watch this. The scripture calls us, the scripture calls us to have pastors over us, to be responsible for our soul, Nikki and Kenna, to be responsible, Alvarez, for our, for our soul, to be responsible, Miss Murray, for our soul. The scripture calls us, Barbara and Tammy, the scripture calls us, Joanne, the scripture calls us, Nate, the scripture calls us, Joshua, to be under a pastor. To be in a church under pastor, because the pastor, Rob Howard, the pastor is, 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 is the uh, overseer over your soul. The scripture calls us that. In Hebrews chapter 13, he, he calls us to be uh, pastors, to be an uh, overseer over your soul. But watch this. We got pastors who don't even have pastors. We, we, we tell people they need a pastor, but we got pastors that don't even have pastors. We got people who don't want to be held accountable. We got, we got bosses that don't even want bosses. Don't even want to be here. Yes, it's your own business. Yes, you, you, you make the decisions, but you need to have somebody over you to govern you. And this is the problem of leadership. We have nobody who's holding us accountable as fathers. We have nobody who's holding us accountable as mothers. We have nobody holding us accountable as the older children and community leaders. We have nobody holding us accountable. But a good leader is governed by Christ. A good leader is, is governed by God. I, 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 I'm governed by God. I'm governed by God. I, I, God, God govern me, but I also have a pastor as well. I also have someone overseeing me as well to hold me accountable to, that my standards would not fold, my standards would not drop, I, to help me in my leadership. He says here, if we're a good leader, we, we're governed by God. He said, we're, we're a good leader, we're governed by God. He says, if we're a godly leader, we're, we're governed by God. The second thing I want you to see is found in Luke chapter uh, 5, verse 16. I told you all we're going to flip. We're going to flip some. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. Watch this. Because we're talking about a, a, a good leader or a godly leader, principles of a godly leader. So the first principle we've seen as a godly leader is you have to be a godly leader is governed by God. Godly leader is not a renegade. Just don't do what he, he want to do. Just, just, just don't do what he want to do. A godly leader is governed by God. But then the second thing we see, second thing we see here in the text, second thing we see here in the text is that uh, in verse number uh, 5, verse 16, is a godly leader prays consistently. 
A godly leader prays consistently. A godly leader is, is always in prayer. A godly leader prays consistently. Look at verse number, uh, uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 16. Luke chapter 5, verse 16 says, So he himself, speaking of Jesus, often withdrew himself to the wilderness to pray. That, 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 that blew my mind right there. You, you got Jesus Christ. Watch this. You got Jesus Christ who is the, who is the head of, uh, 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 of everything. You have, you have Jesus Christ who, who is God in the flesh. We have Jesus Christ uh, who is the son, Monique, who is the son, Tanis, who is the son, Keisha. You got Jesus Christ who, who is God in the flesh. He withdrew himself often to get away to pray. This, this is good stuff. This is good stuff because it's telling me that, that a, a good leader, the principle of a, a good leader or the principle of a godly leader, watch this, prays constantly. You got Jesus Christ who, 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 who in the flesh is, is God and, and was 100% man and 100% God and he withdrew himself often to get away and pray. Leadership, as you stand in leadership, we got to spend some time in prayer. We, we cannot continue to, 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 to operate in leadership without spending time in prayer with God. Leadership draws everything out of us. Leadership takes a, a, a toll on us, and we need to take some uh, principle from Jesus Christ, watch this, and get away often and continue to pray before God about our leadership. Jesus, Jesus took some time away. He took some time away to pray. He didn't just stand there. He just, he just didn't keep on leading. He spent time with God in prayer. He went to pray often. He went to spend time with God often in prayer. And you and I as leaders need to spend time with God in prayer. As leaders, we need to be praying constantly, praying for our leadership, praying for, for how we lead, praying for that we be good followers, praying for uh, the people who we lead. And Jesus prayed constantly. He took time away often to, to go out and pray to everyone, to pray for everyone. In John chapter 17, Jesus prayed for himself first, and then he prayed for the believers, and then he prayed for everybody else. Jesus took time to pray. This is leadership. This is good leadership. How can you lead and you're not even praying to God? How can you lead and you're not even getting a revelation from God or how God wants you to lead? How can you be a good leader if you're not spending time in prayer? Jesus often withdrew himself from leadership. That's some good stuff because a lot of us won't withdraw from leadership. We keep going and going and going. You a mother and you keep going and going and going. But as a mother, guess what? You need to take some time off and pray. You need to say, hey, children, I need some time where I can get before God to help me in my leadership. If you're a dad, you need to take some time and pray. If you've got your own business, you need to take some time and pray for your leadership. If you appear, if you lead us to your peers, you need to take some time to pray. If you're the oldest sister and brother, you need to take some time and pray. If you're a community leader, you need to take some time and pray. Watch this. I heard a story that was, that was amazing. It was a lady. She said she had six kids. She had six kids, so um, she was homeschooling. This was a while ago, and um, she was homeschooling. This, this story was like in the 70s I was reading, and she was homeschooling then, and um, she said that uh, she had time she, to get away. She had to uh, pray every day 
because she had six kids at home and she was homeschooling. But watch this. She said the way she got away was that she went in her kitchen because she couldn't get away because she got six kids and they were young. And she said they was everywhere. But what she would do was throw a blanket over her head. And she told her kids that whenever mommy had this blanket over her head, don't bother her. Don't bother her. And I don't want you to bother me because I'm in prayer. She couldn't, she, she couldn't get away like you and I made him get away. She, she may didn't have a prayer closet like you and I have. She may didn't have the car to go run to uh, uh, like you and I have. She may couldn't get away and get some peace of quiet uh, because of the six, six children, but she made a way out of nowhere. She said, look, I'm going to put this blanket on my head. And when I put this blanket on my head, that means that mommy is praying. We have to pray as leaders, as good leaders, as godly leaders. Here's a principle. We need to take time out and pray. We need to be praying for our leadership. We need to be praying. We need to be praying. And he says that here that Jesus took time away to pray. But then the third principle we see here, the third principle we see here as it results to a, a godly leader or a good leader is that we need to be open to accept advice. Watch this. Look at Exodus chapter 18. We're in Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18, and we in verse number 13. Exodus chapter 18, we in verse 13, and we're going to be reading through 27, 26. Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 through 26, we're looking at the principles of a, of a godly leader. The first principle of a godly leader we see is that we need to be governed by God. The second principle we see as a godly leader is we need to be in constant prayer. The third principle we see as a godly leader is that uh, we need to be open. I mean, we need to be open to accept advice. And here in Exodus chapter 18, verse 13, we start at Exodus chapter 18, verse 13. Watch this. And so it was on the next day that Moses said to the judge, I mean, set to judge the people. And the people stood before Moses from morning until evening. So when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he had did for the people, he said, what is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God, when they have difficulties, they come to me. And I judge between one and other, and I make known the statutes of God as, he, as his law and his law. Verse 17, so Moses' father-in-law said to him, the things that you uh, do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourself out, for this thing is too much for you, and you are not able to perform it by yourself, listen to me or to my voice. I will give you counsel and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people so that you may bring the difficulties to God and you should teach them the statutes and the laws and, should, and show them the way in which they make, um, or they must walk and the, and, and the, uh, and the work 
they do, must do. Moreover, you should select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, uh, hate and covetousness, and place such over them to rule of thousands and rule of hundreds and rule of 50 and rule of 10 and let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter they should bring to you, but every small matter themselves should be judged. So it will be easy for you, for they will bear the burdens with you. And if you do this thing and God so command you, then you will be able to endure. And all this people will also go to their place in peace. And Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law, and he did all that he said. And Moses chose able men out of all of Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifty, rulers of ten. So they judged the people at all the time. The hardest cases they brought to Moses, but they judged every small case themselves. And then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his way, his own way. Watch this. The third principle we see here is that a good leader or a godly leader accept advice. Moses had it going on. He was standing, Lena, before God on behalf of man and before man, Tamika and Aiden, before God. But guess what? His father-in-law, ooh, this is so good, watch this. His father-in-law, who was a pagan person, his father-in-law who didn't have a relationship with the Lord, his father-in-law who did not have a relationship with Jehovah Jireh, watch this, saw the process and his father-in-law, who did not have a relationship, saw the process of Moses and said, Moses, you got to change this. He said, Moses, what you're doing is not, not, not effective. What you're doing is, 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 is not beneficial. You, you're going to wear yourself out. It's, it's an easier way to do this thing, Gretchen. But too many people as leaders, too many of us as leaders, we don't want to take advice, Angela. We don't want to take advice, Angel. We don't want to take advice, Shorty. We don't want to take advice, Phyllis, Deborah, Dolores. We don't want to take advice as leaders. We don't want to hear no advice, especially if you're not from God. Just think about that. If this was someone who don't know God came to a pastor and say, hey, you're you doing it the wrong way, we'll say, man, you, know, you don't even know God. You don't even have a relationship with God. How can you tell me how to do the work of God? But Moses' father-in-law gave him advice. And as a godly leader, we got to be willing to accept advice. Guess what? Even when it hurts. Even when it hurts, we got we to gotta be able to accept advice. Because guess what? The reason why the people can't see the building is because you're standing too close. If you go farther back, you can see the building, but you can't see it if you're up on it. So guess what? God put people around us as leaders to help us when we're too close to the building. There's people further away so we can see what we need to do better. And they give us advice. We need people to give us advice, to hold us accountable, to help us in the ministries, help us in our leadership to help us as dad, to help us as mom, to help us as community leaders, to help us as teammates. We need people to give us advice, but too many people don't want to take advice. You're a leader and you don't want to take advice. You don't want to hear no advice from nobody. You got it. 
Nobody want to serve under a leader who think they know everything. You are not a doctor. So why are you giving advice like you a doctor? Let the physicians, let the leaders of, of NIH give the information out. You be the president, not the doctor. And we got too many leaders out here trying to be everything. They're professionals in different things. Let them do what they do. But we got to be willing to accept, accept advice. Watch this. In Exodus, Pharaoh would not accept advice. Pharaoh would not listen. And because he didn't listen, he destroyed Egypt because he didn't want to take no advice. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, destroyed Nebuchadnezzar because he didn't want to take no advice. Leader after leader fall because they don't want to take advice. Saul, in the Bible, didn't want to take advice. He was destroyed because he didn't want to take advice. It's too many of us leaders want to be renegade. I got it. I can do it. I can do this. You can't tell me what to do. I build this business from the ground up. No, you need advice. You need people to, to pour in your life. And we're afraid to, or we don't want to accept advice as leaders. But a godly leader, the principles of a godly leader, we accept advice. And I don't know, for those who know me, you know I'm always open to advice. I always want to get better. And if I don't know, I'm going to tell you I don't know. If I pronounce the word wrong, tell me I'm pronouncing it wrong so I can get it right the next time. It's too many leaders that, that don't want advice, that don't want people to help them out and give them advice. And that's why we in this leadership position we in. We in this, this lack of sufficient leadership because people don't want to accept advice. Because as a leader, we got to know it all. We got to know everything. And he says here, in Exodus chapter 18, verse 13 through 26, this principle says a godly leader is open to advice. Are you open? Are you open as a leader? Are you open as a mom? Are you open as a dad? Are you open as a wife? Are you open as a husband? Are you open as a leader in your job? Are you open for advice? Are you open as a young person on your team and who's a leader, are you open to hear what people have to say to make you better, to give you a better way? Me and my son Jackson go through this all the time. I have to constantly remind him that I love you and I am on your side. I, me and mommy are not against you. We want you to succeed. We want you to win at everything. But you are only 15. And we are 40-something. So that means we got years on you. And some of the things you're doing, me and mommy already done. So let us give you advice and accept it. But we got too many children that don't want to accept it. And I know children got their own thing. But one of the reasons they don't accept it is because the older people don't want to accept it either. Nobody want to hear advice. And we sitting in leadership, leadership positions trying to do it all ourselves and not hear a better way. Not hear advice. So he says that here's the principle. Here's the, the third principle of a, of a godly leader is that we be open to advice. So as we look at these principles of a godly leader, the first one we've seen, that as a godly leader, we need to be governed by, governed by God. We saw 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. 
Second one we've seen, principle we've seen, as a godly leader, we, we need to pray constantly. We've seen that in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, Ms. Darlene. The third thing we see here in this principle is that, we, uh, the, principle, the third principle we see is that as a godly leader, we need to be open to accept advice. And that's Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 through 26. The fourth thing we see here in this principle of a godly leader is that we need to place people around us that will tell us the truth. We need to place people around us that will tell us the truth. Tell us the truth. Exodus chapter 10, verse 7. Exodus chapter 10, verse 7. Exodus chapter 10, verse 7. We're just next page over, a couple of pages over. Exodus chapter 10, verse 7. Look at this. Israel is now is going through plagues. God is showing, I mean, Egypt is now going through plagues. God is showing Egypt that he is God. He's not only showing Egypt he's God through the plagues, but he's showing Israel that he is God. Watch this, Brian. He's showing, he's showing them that he's God. And he says here in the text, Exodus chapter 10, verse 7, a principle, a godly leader placed people around him who take, tell them the truth. Praise people around them who tell them the truth. Watch this. In Exodus chapter 10, verse 7, it says, Pharaoh, the uh, Pharaoh's servant said to him, how long shall this man be a snare to us? Speaking of Moses, because Moses is bringing the plagues on behalf of God. And he said, let the man go that they may serve the Lord their God. God says, Pharaoh, let my people go that they, mo they may go serve, that they um, will go and serve me. And so Pharaoh's servant said, man, how long are you going to let these people be a snare? How long are you going to let these people keep, keep a, 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 a bringing these plagues again? Let them people go, Pharaoh. Let them people go. Now look what he says. He says, do you not know, do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? Pharaoh's servant said, man, let them people go. He says, do you not know that Egypt is destroyed? You got to understand the principle here of a godly leader is that you got to have people around you that is telling you the truth. He says, look, Pharaoh, you got to let these people go because I don't know if you see it, but I see it. And people around you see it, that Egypt is destroyed. That Egypt was on its way to uh, desolation. That Egypt was on its way to calamity. That Egypt was about to be destroyed. He said, man, I don't know if you see it, but our financial status here in Egypt is messed up. Our farmlands are messed up. The people are crying everywhere. Houses are destroyed. God is doing a crazy thing in Egypt. And he said, man, look, you need to open your eyes and see this. Let them people go. But too many of us as leaders, we don't have people around us that will tell us the truth. What we have is people that tell yes men, yes men and women. All we want to hear is how great we doing. You're doing a good job. You're doing a good, and you know that everything around you is folded. Everything around you, you don't understand it because of your ego. Your ego is too big and, and you think you got it all together and you don't have it all together. And, and, and watch this, and you got people around you that's telling you you're doing a good job, but you're losing your business. Your business is in jeopardy. You got people around you telling you, man, you're doing a good job. Your home is in jeopardy. 
Your relationships are in jeopardy. Your friendships are in jeopardy. Your church is in jeopardy. Your job is in jeopardy. Everything is messed up because you got people around you that's telling you what you want to hear and not what you should hear, that Egypt is destroyed. Your house is destroyed. Your business is destroyed. Your friendships is destroyed. Your life is destroyed because you got people around you that won't tell you the truth. And I refuse as a leader. As a leader here at Clinton Baptist Church that have people around me that way. Matter of fact, if you keep telling me yes on everything, I don't mean, now hold on now, hold on. I don't mean you need to fight me on everything, okay? I don't, I don't, I'm not saying fight me on everything, but you need to be praying like I'm praying. But guess what? You, you, I need people around me going to tell me the truth. Tell me how I'm doing as a leader. And I invite that because this is a principle of a godly leader. Tell me how I'm doing as a husband. Tell me what should I be doing as a husband. Tell me how I'm doing as a follower. Tell me how I'm doing as a single. Tell me how I'm doing as a business owner. Tell me how I'm doing as a mother. Tell me how I'm doing. I need people around me who tell me the truth. And the problem with leaders is that we don't have a team around us who got honest people on it who will tell us the truth. But Pharaoh's servant said, man, you got to wake up. Egypt is destroyed. We about to lose everything because you have an ego. And he says here, here in this fourth principle of a godly leader, that we need to have people around us that will tell us the truth. Do you have people around you on your team that will tell you the truth? Are you willing to even hear the truth? Are you willing to even accept the truth? And yes, the truth hurts. My wife tell me stuff, I'd be mad, I'd be biting my lip. But it's true. It's true. And I thank God for her to tell me the truth. And I accept it. And this is the problem why we have lack of leadership now. This is why we're struggling right now. And the last principle, I'm out your way. The fifth one, we out your way. We're going to look at Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, verse 31. Here's the last principle. Here's the fifth principle. Principles of a godly leader. A godly leader takes time out to rest. Here's the, here's the fifth one. Here's the fifth principle. A godly leader takes time out to rest. Look what it says. It says, Jesus, it says in verse number uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 31. Mark chapter 6, verse 31 says, And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a, de a, um, a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. Watch this, verse 32. And it says, So they departed to a deserted place in, uh, they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. It was so much ministry going on. So many things that these apostles was doing. So, so much work in the kingdom of God that would needed to be done. But watch this. Jesus said himself, he commanded himself, watch this, to take time out and rest. Take time out and, and rest. Take some time out 
to rest. Here's the principle. As a leader, we got so much coming at us. We got so much going on. You, you just can't imagine as a pastor what I have coming at me. What, what I, I have so much coming at me. I have the financial stability of the church coming at me. I have members who, who are going through sickness coming at me. I have members who, who are going through COVID. I have members who are losing their home, members who are losing their job, members who are having children, members who are getting married, members who, who are getting cancer, members who are having health issues, members who have having family, family matters, members that got so much things going on. And on top of that, I have deacons. I have a cleaning person. We have administrator. We have all this coming out in emails, out the emails and classes, out the classes and, and trying to get the building maintenance work done and trying to get the air condition finished and trying to get the heat service and all these other things and all the other groundwork that needs to be done and so many things. And on top of that, what's the most important thing, I got to work on my sermon every week. Every week I need a new sermon or y'all be tuning in to someone else. Every week I got to spend time in study to, uh, for God to reveal to me a word of God that I may bring it to you to encourage you, to lift you up, to challenge you, and to show you who Christ is. Guess what? I got to do all that. I got to do all that. And then on top of that, not only I got to do Bible study and, and teach this class and get people ready for this class, all that. And Jesus said, as a leader, you need to take time out and rest. You need to take time out and rest. You need to take time out and rest. Watch this. Sleep allow us to consolidate and store memories. Process emotion, emotional experiences. Replenish glucose. Watch this. The molecules that fuel the brain when we sleep. And it, um, it, it clear out waste. Products that build up in Alzheimer's patients and um, disrupt cognitive activity. That's what sleep does. Sleep is beneficial. It helps us. Sleep helps us, and we need rest. And when we don't have rest, we, we lose our creativity. We get a fog mind. We can't operate properly. Harvard Business School did a study on leaders who don't sleep. And what they found out is that every leader who had lack of sleep or insufficient sleep, their business that they ran or the company that they ran or whatever they was leading didn't do well. And the reason why some of our, leader, our leadership is what it is is because we don't get enough rest. And Jesus commanded us to take rest. Leadership is difficult. You gotta pull Time away to get some rest. You got to pull time away to get by yourself and say, God, I need to sleep in today. I need to get some rest. That's why here at Clinton Baptist Church, we're not working you to death. Take off. If you don't want to come, don't come. It's okay. Because the you, way you're going to be affected if you have enough rest. So today I wanted to, to look at these principles. I want to break away from Ephesians a little bit just to look at this principle. And these principles are beneficial because what we're seeing now is a lack of leadership. And I think these principles will help us. So if you are a leader, let me pray for you. Father God, I pray for us as leaders. Lord God, some people may not even look at themselves as leaders. 
But, Lord God, a leader is someone who has someone following them. So whatever state or whatever form we are or position we are as leaders, I pray that you let us hear these principles that you have laid on my heart to lay, to lay before us. Lord God, use this sermon that we may be impacted by your word. Lord God, that we may grow. Lord God, there are more principles that we could have brought out, but these are the ones that you laid on my heart. So be with us as leaders, Lord God. That one, we be governed by God. Two, we be in constant prayer. Three, we accept advice. Four, we have people around us telling us the truth. And five, we spend time to rest. We take time to rest. Lord God, I thank you for your word. And I bless you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I don't know about you or where you at. But are you saved? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? This is a great opportunity. Is there one today that want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Guess what? You may have been coming to church and you realize that I'm dead. I'm dead in sin. And I need a Savior. Jesus Christ did it all for you. He died on the cross and shed his blood that you may have life in God. He reconciled us back to the Father when we were separated. But today is your day. If you want to surrender to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, type in me. Type in me or one. I'm one. And we got people looking. Because the ultimate thing, the ultimate thing, I know we was talking about leadership. But you can't lead correctly if you don't have Christ. You can't be that leader. You can't accept these principles without having Christ. And today, today is your day. Let us pray. Father God, you are amazing. Thank you for your word. Just bless us, Lord God. And I pray this word was beneficial to someone. Thank you for even letting me preach to myself this word of leadership, on leadership, Lord God. It is greatly needed, and we thank you. Have your way as we leave this place. Let us not forget the words that you have spoken to us today, but let us accept them and receive them and apply them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you all so much. I'm Pastor Pugh.